The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I didn't say something insensitive. I didn't use a racial slur. I had a falling out with a friend and I was canceled. And so it's a very, you know, specific situation. And I think, I I, I don't think I fully recovered from it, to be completely honest with you. Oh, hello. Welcome back. Fancy seeing you here. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Sophia Franklin. She is the podcaster behind the podcast, Sophia with an F formerly the co-host of Call Her Daddy. And today we're having a threesome. No stranger to controversy. No stranger to controversy. Any of us, I guess, but her especially. (laughs) I want to get into Sophia, but first I need to tell you guys something so exciting. So if you've been following the Skinny Confidential for the last 12 years, you know that I have been working on something. I have been working on something specifically for four years every single day. And finally on Wednesday, it launches. Okay, Beauty tools and consumables will be coming out, all branded, very skinny confidential. The two products that launch are things I have been using for the last two years, and I have not been able to contain my excitement. So what you want to do right now is head over to my secondary Instagram account at the skinny confidential and follow along so you can be the first to know. There's also a link in that bio that you can sign up so you can be alerted on Wednesday. And listen, I hope, um, I think we got plenty of inventory for everybody, hopefully at least the listeners. But um, I would also note that this is only available direct to consumer directly on our store, nowhere else. And once the first one's gone, it may be a little while till it comes back again. So make sure you check it out. Be sure to look out for it and hope everybody's excited and loves the stuff. You even like it. You've been using both of them every single morning. I mean, I pulled some inventory for myself personally because I wanted to make sure that I that I had some for myself selfishly. And here's the deal, you guys. I saw a lot of problems with the tools and consumables that I have been using. Um, I'm such a practitioner when it comes to skincare. And so I decided to create my own. And of course, you know, I made it look so cute. So you want it out. You don't want it collecting cobwebs in your drawer. Congratulations, Lauren. Congratulations. Thank you, Michael Bostick. So at the Skinny Confidential, make sure you're following for the big reveal on Wednesday. I'm hoping I can retire off of you. Okay. Sophia, so we flew to Utah to do a podcast swap with her. We are on her podcast as well, Sophia with an F. It went all over the place. She asked us every question you could possibly ask about our sex life, uh, parenting life. We talked about trauma. We talked about a lot of things. I thought she was going to go more into like mindset, entrepreneurial tools, those things. I was very surprised when we only went into sex and I'm just fucking kidding. I, I knew we were going in Yeah, there. what are you talking about, <laughs> I knew, man? I knew we were doing that. Yeah, we had a threesome on her podcast. So I just want to say that after this interview and reflecting on it, that the amount of hate and trolling that she got is truly unbelievable. It's not okay. I have reflected on it as a mother and I don't she didn't do something so bad that it should have garnered that much hate. Well, let's let's say this. I think the, the internet's a cruel place and I think sometimes all of us can can, can forget that people 
you know, both just people that are generally just consuming social people that are creating content on social people that are doing podcasts, YouTube, you know, any kind of content. I think people forget sometimes that we're all humans at the end of the day and people fuck up, people screw up. I've been talking about this. Lauren's been talking about this for a long time over the last year. It's like, we're all human guys. We got to remember we, we have, we just had David Meltzer on and people are losing the gift of forgiveness. They're losing the, they're losing the ability to forgive people, give people leeway as human beings. And that's something that all of us can do better is realize that at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all living on this earth together. And is it really worth it to go that hard and try to tear somebody down that bad? Of course, there's people out there that, you know, criminals, people that are doing horrendous things. Like, yes, those people should be held to account. But remember, people that are just creating content, maybe making a mistake or two, saying something they didn't mean to say, like they're human beings. We've all had those moments. And it's it's a little it's it's a little insensitive and a little inhuman, in my opinion, when people just go off the handle trying to ruin somebody's life. Yeah, the hate is honestly wild. To have forty thousand comments of just awful things is not okay. So in this episode, we of course talk about the controversy. We got the scoop. We got the juice. She was very very open, more than I've ever heard her be before. And we talked for a long time. I mean, cumulatively, when we did her show and our show, it was like almost three hours of talking. So we kind of, you know, we, we went deep in a lot of places, got a lot of juice, like Lauren said, got her perspective. And I would also like to say that, you know, Lauren and I have a pretty neutral platform. We try to have all walks of life on here, try to have different perspectives. And I know that the the community, the former Call Her Daddy community was a massive community. And before everybody starts chirping in saying, why did you have one and not the other? We reached out to both. One said yes, one said no, or at least I think said no, maybe got some agents involved, who knows. But listen, we're not taking sides. We're just, at the end of the day, we interview people, we hear their side of the story and we, and we ask questions. So that's where we stand. Obviously, a lot of people want to know what was going on here. And so this episode is obviously from Sophia's perspective. Sophia Franklin, she describes herself in her bio as basic, greedy, lazy, submissive. And that's just a little bit about me. I would say she's none of those things after interviewing her. She is an entrepreneur. She is a badass. She's a podcaster and she sells the cutest merch. I'm especially obsessed with the salute hat. I've been wearing it a lot. With that, let's welcome Sophia with an F to the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I want to go back to when you were little. Okay. Like, I I don't want to start where everyone starts when interviewing you. I want to know what you were like when you were little because you are, and I mean this in the nicest way, mm-hmm. polarizing in an amazing way. You push boundaries. You're not doing what everyone else is doing. And that's a rare trait. Were you always like that when you were little? I think I grew up feeling a little bit different than everyone else. My family is not from here. They're not from the United States. I grew up in Utah where we are right now. So even though I am white passing, I felt very, I was about to say Spanish, it's Latinx. So I felt like a little bit of an outsider that way. I went to a private Catholic school in the middle of Mormon, Utah. I felt like an outsider that way. And I grew up with a lot of trauma and I felt like an outsider in that way. And so I think that is kind of why I became like this polarizing character. That makes sense. So you, it's almost like you felt you were different. So why not just act different? I never intentionally wanted to be edgy or different. 
I think it was just innate. It was just, that's just who I am. Like from day one. Do you think when you were little, did you think you were meant for big things? No, not at all. I never thought about that. I mean, of course, when I was like, you know, middle school, like, oh my God, I want to be Britney Spears, that type of shit. I never for a second thought I was destined to be something ever. What about now? Yeah. Good. Fucking own it. Is that okay to say? Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. We need people like you opening space for women. Yeah. Like it's so important. Like you should own it. Right. So you said you dealt with trauma. We talked a little bit about this on your podcast. Mm -hmm. What were some of the traumas that you look back on that maybe actually helped shape you to who you are? Because I find that people that have experienced a lot of adversity have more depth. They're easy to talk to. They're more open. They're less judgmental. What are some of those things that you went through and how do you kind of use them today in your benefit? I agree with you. My emotional development, I'm very, my emotional intelligence is extremely high because my biological father was not in my life. So I think my mom had a lot of guilt about that. So I went to therapy like from the beginning, like from the beginning, like wearing diapers, my mom put me in therapy. Wow. Because she felt guilty and she was like, I'm raising a daughter as a single mom. So I think that's why my emotional, excuse me, emotional intelligence is so high. And some other things that I think shape me, I think the father thing, I, and we talked about this on my episode that you guys came on, there was substance abuse growing up. I think it was traumatic for my mom and all her brothers and sisters to move to a completely different country when they're teenagers. And so I think their leftover trauma has been passed on to me and all of my cousins also. I'm just like going down the list of all the fucked up things. But back to your question is, how was I able to overcome it? I think my mom really set me up with the tools. I really, I will give her that. I think therapy and I have never felt ashamed of trauma in any way. That's a big one because I think a lot of people feel shame. Especially here in Utah. Yes. Shame is the big thing. Yes. I, I it, that, is, that is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever felt that. I'm, I'm an open book. I've always been that way. I will talk about everything. And I think that helps when you have suffered trauma. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of people aren't able to talk about everything. And I think it seems even more here. Absolutely. So when you, when you grew up with an addict, what was the other family dynamic? Like you said that you were taking care of your brother. What was your mom doing? Was was the addict like terrorizing the whole family? Mm, yes and no. So my mom, it was obviously extremely difficult for my mom. My mom's a single mom. She had me at 20 years old and it was very, very hard for her. And because my brother and I have such a huge um, age gap, of course I put the mom hat on because my mom needed me to be strong for her. And that's just what happened. I, I felt like a motherly thing. It's kind of funny with my brother. I kind of switch between these roles of being his mom and then being the sister where I'm like, you're annoying the fuck out of me. 
Do you do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you I, that makes total sense. Right. I flip flop. Terrorizing is maybe an extreme way to put it. Maybe I'm downplaying it. It was because well, it was the normal to you. Right. Yeah. Great point. Yes, it was the normal to me. What's your relationship with your mom like now? My mom and I are best, best friends. See, that's so cool later in life. It must be hard to have a baby at 20, but then later in life, that yeah. is amazing that you guys are 20 years apart. It is. It's amazing. It's also though, just like how I do with my brother, my mom and I will flip-flop roles. Like she'll come to me and be like, I'm dating a guy. Like, what do I do? So then I'm the mom again with her and we kind of like interchangeably do that for each other. But I love her more than anything. And I think not having a dad until I was six years old, that's when my stepdad came in. That creates an environment to have an extremely strong bond with your mom. Yeah. You know, it's just you two together. Boy, oh boy, does everyone who likes alcohol need this product. This saved my life during your birthday in Utah. You saved mine too, especially because we had to fly home with the baby. That would have been so miserable without no days wasted. Okay, let me tell you, we the thing is with altitude and, al- and alcohol, it's like not the best mixture all the time. You don't say. So you need no days wasted. So what I did is I kept it in my purse. They have this thing called DHM Detox, and it's this amazing herbal supplement which is essentially a vitamin for when you drink. So we all need a little support whenever you're drinking. And life is about balance. And so that's what DHM Detox helps with. It's designed to help you bounce back the next day and support your liver. This is really amazing also when you're a parent and you have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. We don't get to sleep in anymore. I mean, people out there with kids know. I don't remember the last time we got to sleep in. No. So that's why I need my DHM detox so I can bounce out of bed and help the baby. Who needs an alarm clock when they just pop up out of nowhere? 6 a.m. on the dot every single day, no matter what. When we drank, we drank like probably half the trip because it was his birthday. And what we did was we took two capsules after our first couple of drinks and then it goes to work. So if you're having a bigger night, like On Michael's actual birthday, we doubled up and took two packets. But normally, if I'm having a couple drinks, I'll just do two capsules. So if you're planning on having a big night out, maybe Cinco de Mayo celebrations, make sure you get this because DHM Detox uses researched science to help boost your body's natural response to alcohol and then help break down the toxins. And I like how it's in like a little tiny thing that you can throw in your purse. And then my main thing is it's an herbal supplement, okay? And also what's hot is that it's a completely risk-free purchase. So if you don't love it, they'll refund you on your first box. Easy decision. And of course, I got you 20% off your first order and free shipping in the US. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash skinny and use promo code skinny at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co slash skinny for 20% off your order. Cheers. And how many years apart is your brother? For me, yeah, 11. Oh, you told me that. 11. Yes, yes. That, which is a big gap. Huge. But that makes sense because your mom was 20. And then right. that makes total sense that she's 32 or whatever having a baby. Yes, yes. Okay, so I know I listened to you on Juicy Scoop. And I heard that you said that you had moved to New York and you were working at an office Mm-hmm. which I totally don't see you working in an office and like nine <laughs> to five fucking miserable uh-huh. listening to podcasts. Yes. One, why did you decide to come to New York? And I would love to know just like how you even like were working in an office. Cause that blows my mind. 
So I think that when I was in high school, and I hate saying this, but it's the truth. I dated this guy. He was in a grade older than me. He was like this super hot, rich, cool guy. And I was infatuated, obsessed. And he kind of was like, you need to go to college. I remember. And I was like, really? Why? (laughs) (laughs) But he was like, I, that's literally how I was thinking. I never, I was, I wasn't that ambitious. And he was like, you need to go to college. And like, these are the things you need to do. You know, I take that back. I I have been ambitious. My mom has been the breadwinner always. Every marriage she's had, she's going to fucking kill me for saying that. It's not that many. Um, (laughs) She's always made the money. She's always brought home the money. So yes, I was raised thinking you are in this by yourself. Okay. Also, I was raised to not trust men. I, I was raised to not think they're dependable. My dad was absent. My stepdad had a substance abuse issue. I, in high school, he kind of told me like college and this and that. And so then I really started taking it seriously. And when I went to college, I was a very talented writer. In all my English courses, I remember my AP teacher was like, Sophia, this is, you really are talented. Like you need to like go into this field. And I thought to myself, you won't make money doing that. Let's do economics. And so I forced myself to major in economics. And I fucking hate math. And do you I, wish that you, looking back? Yes. And to anyone listening, follow what you're passionate about. Because I did the opposite. And I forced myself to major in that. And where? which college are you at? University of Utah. Okay. I jumped around a few places, but that's where I graduated from. Okay. And then... I got a job at a top three finance firm and that was it. And I wanted to die every single day. It was so boring, but I thought to myself, that is how you will make money and that's how you can be successful. So at what point when you're miserable every single day, do you decide I'm going to start a podcast with my friend? Was it planned out? I don't know this story. How did you even get in to your first podcast? So you don't. I mean, for me, there wasn't a day where I said, I can't take this shit anymore. I'm leaving. I wish there was that day. You, I mean, kind of, because obviously like the trajectory of my life, I'm so grateful for everything. But I worked in that job for four years and I was really, really miserable. Wow. I was four cl- years is a long time to do yeah. something you hate. I was clinically depressed. I behaved and acted out in ways that I wouldn't do now. But there wasn't a moment where I was like, enough is enough. I really had convinced myself this is just the way it is. I think this that's is a lot just of people. What, yes. This is what you have to do. Yeah, I think that's the majority of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. But I had always wanted to get out of Utah. I think it's important because it is such a specific culture here and bubble. My entire family doesn't fit the mold. They're from Argentina and from Spain. My stepdad's from New Zealand. Like no one in my family was this Utah cookie cutter mold. So I never felt I really fit in here. And my aunt, because I had a single mom, she was like a second mom, lives in New York. So you just decided I'm going to go to New York. I I went through a really 
really bad breakup with a boyfriend. I had always wanted to go to New York, but I went through a really bad breakup. And then that was the catalyst to me piecing the fuck out and moving to New York. So is is it simultaneously happening that you start a podcast while you're at this job you hate? How does this even yes. transpire, this idea? Were you sitting there listening to Juicy Scoop and you thought I could do that? Like, what was going through your head when you decided that you were going to do this? All right. So this is, my answer is going to be twofold. I needed a roommate when I was in New York. And there was a random ass girl I had met in like an Uber pool And I said, do you know anyone? She said, yes. She put me in touch with my ex-co-host. We met each other that very day. We signed a lease. We we became best friends. We had insane chemistry. And we were approached to do a show because we were like at a bar in Austin. Actually, we were in Austin and we were being fucking hilarious. And I was talking about like, Oh my God, devil penetration, like just being wild. Like on a stage or just at a dinner or like at, at sitting at the bar. Okay. And next thing we knew, there were 30 people around us. Well, we, was this Austin just for fun or was there like an event? We were there for South by okay, Southwest, okay, okay. but for fun. Okay, but but there's people there. So you guys are in business. the bar talking about double penetration. All of a sudden you have 30 people around you. Uh-huh. Did you realize, oh shit, this is like like we're talented? No, I didn't. But my friend at the time, she she always was planning on how do I get famous? This is like what I want to do. And so she said, let's do a YouTube channel. And we filmed one YouTube video. And then next thing we know, we're being approached to do a podcast. That is crazy. That that's, it is. that doesn't just happen. I mean, no, that's, I haven't heard a lot of stories like that. No, you like you guys really people when I do interviews, people will be like, what was the epiphany when you like woke up and you felt, I didn't uh, for you? No, but you had something that was like, well, I think like, so, I can't pinpoint something in my career. It's been so it's been slow for what, me. What's so crazy about what happened? Oh, to both I see. Of you. Yeah. And yours was like it, it blew up. Yeah, overnight. It, it was insane. Up. It, you almost went viral. Like it, what, yeah. what happened to both of you is so crazy because it's it's not like most people that get into this, like they they're planning it, they're taking time. They're yeah. creating, like it just happened. And I like you kind of both just got thrown into it. You're you know, into I think right? I think I did. I don't think she did. I think she was planning on it her entire life. I was thrown into it. I had no intention of doing something like that. Did you know that with the first podcast episode that it was going to be something huge? No, I had no idea. However, I will say back to when I was like, it's twofold how this happened. When I was miserable at my job, I would listen to podcasts and I would visualize having one myself and escaping And I don't know if you guys buy into the secret or ask, believe, receive. Like, you you know what I'm saying? I think it, I really think that that is why. So you were manifesting this before it even happened. Thank you. That's what it happened. You, you maybe weren't shocked that it was happening or were you shocked? Were you like, what's going on? This is my life. This is so different. Could you guys even contextualize the scale? Of the six, like we had no idea. You know what I mean? Because at at the, at, so, at one point, outside of Joe Rogan, it was probably the biggest show on, in terms of podcasts. In yes, the world. it was. Yeah, we had no idea. But more importantly, I had really no idea. I had no clue. I didn't know the entertainment industry. I'm from Utah. I didn't know what barstool was. I had no clue. 
And I remember talking to my mom saying, I think I'm going to quit my job and do the podcast only because they're going to pay me more. And because I'd be happier, obviously. What does your mom say? You know, it's funny. She was a little hesitant. She was hesitant at first because I had done, I think it was three episodes while I was still working my finance job and they were raunchy as fuck. So my mom was like, do you really want to make this a career? And I just said, I'm so depressed working in finance. I want to do this. And she said, I'm going to support you. What what happens to egos during this? Like, Like with both of you, like how do you manage your ego when you go from working in finance when a job you hate to all of a sudden overnight being on the top podcast charts. You know what? I think that I hate referring to myself as an artist, but I do think that is what I am at my core. And I think a lot of artists struggle with self-doubt, you know, being self-critical. And I think that I have that so much almost to a fault and I'm working on it. I never had ego. I never have had it ever. Even when I was number one episode on the chart. Well, I think like I empathize with everybody involved in that situation because you two, you're doing a show, all of a sudden it becomes number one, but like it just came out of nowhere. So there was, it was hard to contextualize even like what it takes to be number one. You're exactly. just number one, right? So like you didn't have that. And then from the barstool perspective, like they meet two talented women in a bar. That's like what they do is they spot talent and all of a sudden it becomes the biggest, like I don't think anyone anticipated no what the fuck did. was going to happen. No one did. So everyone's in this situation and I'm sure like not to get to the business of it, agreements we were can. made without, like nobody knew that this, the scale that this was going to be, right? Like Barstool saying, hey, we'll give it a try. And, we, and listen, I do that at Dear Media. We're like, we'll take a talent. We'll see what happens. Like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. You guys are like, okay, maybe this works, maybe it doesn't. All of a sudden this thing is just the biggest podcast in the world. And everyone's in there like, what the fuck? Right. I don't regret signing that contract. Do I think it would have been smarter to fight to keep your intellectual property? Absolutely. But I, I don't regret it. I but think you know it was what? That would have been hard, like knowing just like me being in the of position course. is that at the time you wouldn't have thought about it because like there was, you guys were all just starting. Right. And so like, there when, was no leverage. There was no, there was no, there leverage, was no right? leverage. You know what though? I remember my mom, I remember a certain discussion when I was, when I said, mom, I'm going to sign this. She said, why have you not shopped it around or talked to one other podcast network or one other place. But let me ask you this as devil's advocate. If you had not joined that community, mm-hmm. do, do I think you, it would have been as big? And, and I actually don't know. I'm actually wondering the question. I don't have the answer. I think that it would have been as big. I don't think it would have happened overnight. Yeah. Well, that's the trade-off, right? It's like, that's it. You go to a community like Barstool, which honestly, and my hat's off to what they built. They built one of the greatest media companies of our time, right? They just, yes. they just have, that's, in, that's not a dispute, uh-huh. but and you're right. You guys would have been successful, but it's like, it's this launch pad. So it's this trade-off. And I think of probably the, in hindsight, it would, it would have just been like understanding the overall structure of how this entire world of media works. But don't you feel like you, you have gotten and gained so much knowledge through all this? So, so much. So I'm, in a way it's like, are you like kind of grateful or no? I go back and forth. I would say, of the time, I feel so fucking grateful. And then 25% of the time, I think back to what happened, 
how I dedicated, you know, over two years of my life to a show that I have no ownership of at all. When I'm feeling down, that 25% creeps up where I'm like, what the fuck? That was so fucked up. But really, for the most part, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Could not be more excited about this collaboration with Beekeepers Naturals. I am telling you, you guys, we just had the founder on the show and she explained her mission to reinvent medicine with clean, effective products that actually work. And she even gave me more products to try. I had been using the spray, but then I fell in love with the BLXR. And it's this little shot that's kind of like a syrupy shot, but it's all natural and it has propolis in it. Okay. And it really supports your immune system. But what I noticed about these shots is it's like liquid Adderall. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but it really is. It gives you a kick in the ass. There's never refined sugars, dyes, or dirty chemicals in these products. They're made from bees. She has a whole story around why she fell in love with bees. It helped with her tonsillitis. I also noticed that not only do I have more energy, but if I'm ever having like a sore throat or I feel like I'm getting sick, there's so many immune loving essentials so you can feel your best all day long. Propolis is one of the oldest ways to boost immune health too. And during a time when obviously we all need to worry about immune health, this is one of the best, most natural ingredient products out there on the market. And Carly, when she came on the show, got us even more hooked on this stuff. I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. I have actually ran out of the BLXR shots. So if Beekeepers is listening, I need more. I'm so obsessed with them. What I do is is I was noticing that caffeine was affecting my sleep at night. So I'll do a matcha and a coffee in the morning. And then around 12, I'll take my BLXR and that helps me stay energized for the rest of the day in a natural way. They're so confident that you guys are going to be obsessed. They're offering a hundred percent money back guarantee. Okay. No questions asked. And of course we've worked out an exclusive deal for all skinny confidential him and her listeners. You're going to receive 15% off your first order. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash skinny. I know your family will love everything. Meet your new medicine cabinet with Beekeepers Naturals. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over a thousand stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts. Enjoy. So as you guys are growing the show and living together, because I know how it is to have a show with someone and live together. Right. Was that challenging or was it seamless and easy and fine? It was seamless and easy and fine until I got a boyfriend. Hmm. That makes sense. And then when I would leave or when I would say, I'm going to spend the weekend somewhere else, there was, I started to feel like a issue. Like, because we were kind of essentially dating each other. You know what I'm saying? So when I started dating someone and it wasn't like, I'm going to be here every second of the day and we're not going to continue going on as we were. She didn't like that. I've had a friend like that. And and it's almost like a possessive energy. Yeah. So absolutely. what it about happened with my friend Wesson when we got back together? And he's going to be mad I said that. But like, we got back together. Right. And all of a sudden, I wasn't the wing guy anymore. I was right. Like, when I was on, I was, right. What about, yeah. what about if she had had a boyfriend at the time that you had a boyfriend? Was that, was there issue there still? 
that never happened. So I'm not sure. Yeah. So you don't know. I don't know. So everything was seamless until you had a boyfriend. Did you start to notice that there was weirdness with the podcast too, or just with the home life? Ooh, the podcast. No home life a little bit. When I would get home from being gone for three days or something there a little bit, that that's where I could feel the weirdness in the actual podcast. Not so much. So when you guys were strategizing the podcast and coming up with content, was it so easy or was it hard? Cause you had this niche subject that you're talking about. Was it easy to like, you can't just interview anyone cause not everyone's open about their sex right. life. How did that work? For me, it came extremely easy. I'll be honest. I think I'm just really creative and me, and you know what? Maybe that stems from trauma. It's kind of like living in your head and like escaping. I've always been very uh, creative And so for me, coming up with content was not difficult. I can't say the same thing for her because she was having someone write a lot of her content for her. But for me, it wasn't hard. So at what point were were you like, something's not right? Or was there not that epiphany? Was it just slow? You know, we all have those moments like when we break up with an ex, like I can name a moment where I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work for me anymore. Or a, or a friendship that's that hasn't worked out. I can like name the little moment where I was like, Ooh, yeah, like you get that feeling in your stomach. Yes, I don't think I ever had a aha moment where it was like, oh, this is really bad. But I had a bunch of little red flags that popped up that I just kind of ignored. I think that when. Milf Hunter. Are you guys familiar with that character? I, I know who the Milf Hunter is, yes. <laughs> I don't. Is, 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 he, is, is he the actual Milf Hunter, like the real yes. one from back in the day? Yes. Okay. What's that? He, he's he, at porn. porn why guy. isn't he hunting me? <laughs> well, listen. What's well. Milf Hunter? He, so he, um, I'm trying to think of how I can explain this. Essentially, my ex-best friend co-host the person that was writing content for her and was heavily involved in the show and was her best friend from high school. When I saw them have a falling out literally in front of me, we were all sitting in my, in our apartment and he started crying and he looked at me and he said, she's going to fuck you over. There was a light bulb moment there, but there were little things leading up to it. She, do you guys like want me to like go No, I think, off? It's, I think everyone's interested in, because here's, here's what the- It's like, one of the number one questions yeah, that we got here's asked. The thing. Is how I didn't know. Well, no, here's, here's, here's the thing. Is that you have your perspective and then she has her perspective. And obviously the people involved have their perspectives. And it's like, I think everyone's trying to decipher like what the fuck happened? Who was right. in the right? Who was in the wrong? And I, but here's the thing. I think from everyone's perspective, nobody feels they were in the Yeah, wrong, it's probably right? everyone feels like their intentions were the like, right that's, intentions. That's the difficult thing is like, I don't think anyone's like, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh-huh. I think everyone's sitting there like, no, my perspective's the right one. No, mine's the right one. So I think that for me, the actual business disagreement, I can see both sides. I'm a very rational person. And that I understand. And that I don't necessarily think someone did something wrong besides the fact that she was secretly making more money. And we would talk about finances with each other all the time. I think when it became very clear someone was in the wrong is 
when I reached out to her to say, let's see, we can save this. She ignored me and enabled an entire smear campaign towards me and people I love. Because to me, that's insane. I could never like your your boyfriend at the time. Yes. I could never fathom doing that to someone I thought was my best friend ever. I mean, you know, it's not like I fucked her boyfriend. It's not like I did something horrific. We had a business disagreement. How are you going to enable all of our listeners to hate me and like try and like push this narrative? To me, that was wild. So when all this is going down, you weren't living together anymore. We were. But you weren't in the house. No. And you were with that. You were with a very serious boyfriend. Yes. So like maybe that also you were saying like has to do with some of the situation. Yeah. I and I think it was I, I get it. Like if you're hanging out with your best friend every single day when they start dating someone like, yeah, like it kind of sucks. I totally understand that. I think this was more insidious. I do. I think it was a control thing. The boyfriend that we're referring to, very, very smart, graduated from Harvard. And saw gaps. And he, he saw the business for what was ha- for what it was. And from an outside perspective. Yes. And I think that I started to really, and I, and I've always been very business oriented, but I think that I started to get more involved in the show and the business side of things. Whereas when the show started, I was more of a sidekick. So when I started to get the business knowledge, when I started to find my voice, when I started to be less of a sidekick and more of the front man of the show, the control that my co-host best friend had she was losing that control and I think it was more of that that makes sense I I mean you can see how all of this transpired with all this background I want to be respectful the way I ask this because Mm -hmm. it's it's not you don't need to be no no no, I always always (laughs) will be but from your perspective do you see how you know having a boyfriend who has that background stepping in mm-hmm. to a business that was established with before he was involved. Like, can you understand why like that could come off as threatening both to the entity that you were working with and to your former co-host? Absolutely. And I'm really glad you asked that because 1000% because it just I, ups the ante real quick. Absolutely. And I understood that very early on. And I remember having multiple conversations with her Like he said this, but tell me what you think. We don't need to listen to him. I can ask him if you want. And she was very persistent about saying, bring him in. Let me meet him. I want to talk to him about this. Put us in a group thread. She kind of brought him in. So yes, I understand it from that perspective, but you know, she, she always had the upper hand always. She was making more money than me. She went to school for entertainment. This is something she's been preparing for her whole life. And I think that she always had the upper hand when he came in. Yes, I understand how that could be a little bit scary. However, for me, once you're part of my crew, once you're my best friend, once you've met my family, I'm not fucking you over. And that's, I think that was kind of where the disconnect started happening. When did you realize that there was a complete miscommunication and were you like, 
oh shit. Like, did you anticipate everything that was going to happen and go down? No, no, not at all. Do you mean by what went down? Just like, the, the video. The, right. I mean, all the, well, all the different things that's going on. The and then, then on top of it, like, there's COVID. And so everyone's sitting at home waiting to see what's next on their phone. Well, you guys built this crazy, I mean, it's the community you guys built insane. Is, is insane. It's massive. It is. And what I think people forget about both of you, which is why we wanted to start talking about your background and you as a human, and uh-huh. as a person is you kind of, and it, I don't take this the wrong way. You guys built these characters. Like it was the call her daddy character. Like you could see like this was, so people yes. almost felt like they were observing two people that were not even like real, real people, people, right? It's like, oh, we're watching these characters. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so when all that shit went down, I can see what you're saying everyone's invested in these characters. Like it's a sitcom and they feel they can just rip and tear down and say whatever they yes. want because they forget yeah. that at the end of the day, you're both. But it's almost like you guys of were course. actresses and they're, they were picking on the character in the, in the show. Like no human Not being you. would sit around yeah. and be that cruel and mean to people online if they if they re- recognize them as other human beings. But I think because you guys had built this character in this massive show mm-hmm. that people felt like you guys were almost not real. Yes. If you've been following the Skinny Confidential for a while, you know one of our non-negotiables, especially in the morning, is the juve, Okay. This is a healthy light that is going to rock your world. And that's J-O-O-V-V. This is so amazing for an addition to your wellness routine. It's so easy. I like to use it when I do my Wim Hof breath work. So I feel like I'm getting two things done at once. I turn on my Juve. I do Wim Hof for 10 minutes. And then I take my Juve and I use the new Juve Go into the bathroom and turn on the shower and take a three-minute freezing cold shower with my juve going. That's a 15 minute routine that seriously sets the tone of my day. I have so much more energy. I can't even tell you when I use my juve and there's so many benefits when it comes to skin and hair and fatigue. It's all the things you want in one device. You want to fix your sleep cycle. You want to have a better libido. You want to recover. You want to heal scars. You want your skin to look better. You want to just feel better and have a better overall mood then use red light therapy. The Juve's new devices are sleeker. They're up to 25% lighter, which we love. So they're not super heavy and they're all with the same power that we've come to expect from them. Here's a fun fact too. You can stand as much as three times further away from the device and still get the recommended dosage. I'm all about the new Juve Go. You can hold it in your hand. It has this little strap on it. It fits in the palm of your hand and it's easy and effective. We had the founders of the Juve on the show. If for those of you that are interested in learning more about red light therapy and all the benefits, I can honestly say during the lockdowns, this is what kept Lauren and I sane. And the best thing about it is you can be doing other things while you're using it. You could be reading, you could be meditating, you can doing breath work and just have it on in the background and get all the benefits. Use code skinny for an exclusive discount. If you're looking for a new Juve, I have some exciting news. Go to juve.com slash skinny and use the code skinny. You'll get an exclusive discount on Juve's next generation devices. Exclusions apply limited time only. You are going to glow with the juve. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash skinny and promo code skinny. I think that there was some acting. I think there was a certain extent of me playing a character. Sure. But, but that's same same here. Like there's inter- there's right, an entertainment element, yeah. right? But 
honestly, not that much. Like my stories were real. My jokes were real. My, most of it was real. It was just amplified. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So when all this is going down on the internet, like there was, I remember there was like a week where everything I was being served was just the gnarliest thing ever. Are you on the internet or did you, I mean, for like, if I was you, I would have just put my fucking phone for that week. I, it was so traumatic that I've kind of blacked it out. So when I think back to that time, I remember seeing things and maybe I would just like watch something for a split second and then like drop my phone and like not look. But it's also kind of hard because I needed to know what the fuck was being said and what was going on. I couldn't just be like living underneath a rock. I knew from the very beginning, this is so fucked up. I need to speak my piece eventually and come back. So I would kind of force myself to watch stuff. Well, you, the, the, she she is really you are really smart. There's something that you did that I don't know if this was strategic or you just did it. Mm-hmm. Silence is yeah the fucking best. And it I say is. this even when you're dating, like I would go silent on him for yeah. like four days, just dead silent. Yes, silence. It's silence is golden. Remember, like the movie, like it is so powerful. And the fact that you were silent, I thought, huh, that there, that's smart. Right. It was, it was really, really smart. And I agree with you. I always tell women in particular, if a guy like does something fucked up, hit him with the silent treatment. You acting like you're pissed will do nowhere near as much damage as fucking icing them out like and not responding. Warfare. I always tell I know Michael, I sound like, like... Everyone's like, what would you do if Michael cheated on you? Like, cut his dick off? And I was like, what I would do if Michael cheated on me <laughs> is nothing. Right. Fucking sit with that. Oh nothing. my God. Not one thing. And now you guys have a baby. I would do just, nothing. Like, I would sit there just nodding my head. Yeah, she's uh-huh. fucking terrifying. Yeah. Silence. My wife oh my is God. a scary person. I'm no, getting chills. It's, it's, it's so the smart. Silence is smart. So did you think, oh, I need to be silent right now? This is not the time for me to come out. So I'm not going to lie to you. There were multiple instances where I was like, I'm putting out a fucking YouTube video right now. This is fucked up. This is a lie. Do you have lie. anyone helping you at the time? Like anyone like supporting you? Um, yeah, like kind of, but not not you know why i think you were attacked so much because i think if it was a dispute between two former best friends and women just you two it would have been okay like we would figure out who's on what side it's because the boyfriend is involved everybody you know everyone thinks that a man's controlling the narrative exactly that was the narrative that was put out there but i think i knew i was able to recognize that my old company barstool sports they are a fucking huge media conglomerate and I can come out and I can say shit all day long. They will be able to squash me by, by sheer magnitude and content and just all the things that they can come out with and they're following. And I also knew that what was being said was a lie. And I always think the truth comes out. And I kind of always knew like over time things will start being exposed without me there. So uh, what's interesting to me is that you don't have anyone to talk to. And I go through this a little bit in my career. Like I can't call my friends and explain. No, you know, 20 trolls writing on my post. No, you can't. I can't can't talk about what I do sometimes to my friends that are in different lines of work. They don't really understand 
like how could you be affected like you had you have 200 nice comments mm-hmm. but there's but who are you like talking to even a therapist doesn't have the tools to handle this right this hits home this this one really hits home because even now i struggle with it yeah it, who would i speak to i would speak to my therapist my mom my boyfriend at the time and my agent. And I would really actually just talk to anyone that would talk to me and that was experienced, you know, Scooter Braun, not to name drop. That was like, he'd probably be very helpful though. That's someone, right? Like when, when he offered to give me advice, of course I was like, yes, call me right now. Like I'm ready to go. So I really reached out to a bunch of different sources. And so as this is going on, you're kind of looking, you're kind of not. Mm-hmm. And like, what are you dealing with within your DMs and comments from the community? Once again, I think I blocked it out. It was 90% pretty evil shit. And it was uh, nonstop. I would get thousands a day for weeks. And I would try not to look. I think the DMs I definitely like stayed away from. You know, it's funny. I remember people started commenting on my Instagram picture, my most recent one, right? That's where everyone would like comment their shit. And I turned off the comments. And then I had a moment where I thought to myself, fuck that. Turn them back on and just like let people say whatever the fuck they want to say. I think there's like, we could, I could like pull up that picture right now. I think there's close to 30,000 comments that are all like, fuck you. You're disgusting. You're horrible. You're letting a guy control you with, which as someone who was raised by a single mom being told, oh, your, your boyfriend's controlling you. That really pissed me off because that is not the type of bitch I am. What what kind of narrative did they give him? And behind the scenes, was he actually like a nice guy that was trying to help? He was the nicest guy. And I think that for a lot of people now, it's extremely apparent that we were being very exploited. I said this on my first episode when I came back. They were making... 10 million on the low end. I'm going to go ahead and guesstimate. And it's actually not even guessing. I can just do the fucking math. They're making about 14 million. So me taking home 400,000 of that, that's exploitation. Merch. But do you, I I can see like, so here's what I'm saying about perspective. I can see from your perspective and fully respect it, but can you also see how Barcel's like we made them type yeah. thing. Well, not That's, how they made you, but I mean, how they like, they're obviously like they plug you into a massive community. They have the absolutely. infrastructure to produce merch and all yeah. these things. And so I, yes, I think them getting paid 13 million is enough. Here's what I think. There was probably time to renegotiate. And, and I bet like that maybe mm-hmm. that conversation didn't get to happen because it just blew the fuck up and everyone started fighting. No, we were, we were renegotiating for like a year. Okay. So that conversation was going on, but then as this fight blows up between you, it's like, it's hard because if I'm in that position, I'm like, okay, I got this great show with these two people, uh-huh. but I'm also looking at, they're going to hate each other. And like how, like, it's almost like the thing now, but you know what I mean? Here's my question. Maybe was this part of the strategy though, to gain more attention, to have the breakup? No, 
You don't think that they no. used like leveraged the breakup to Dave. Dave Portnoy was talking to Alex. He was calling me. We were talking throughout the day and he was like, the show, I, he said, I've asked around a lot who could, out of the two of you, take this show and run with it. And I always get split responses. This show is going to make me more money if you guys stay together. That's what I ultimately want. Sure, of course. That's what he said. Of course, and, which makes sense. Right. And she just didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it at that point. Yeah. So he's in the tough position where he's like, okay, we got this great IP. The show blew up. Like, I don't blame him for what he did. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that. I don't blame him for what he did in terms of taking the other half of the show and running with it. Was he like that when you were working with him or was it a side that you hadn't seen? I think he was. I just didn't know. I didn't know what Barstool Sports was. I didn't think that much about it. Like I was extremely naive walking into that. It's almost so I think in the long run, the naive part's going to work for you because you were like thrown to the wolves and now mm-hmm. you can come out and collect yourself and, and, and like not be fucked with. Oh yeah. Well, here's the silver lining too. It's like, if this was not going to be a thing that you guys did for the rest of your careers, right? Like it's probably better now that you have yours and she's on her own. And like, you can build your own brand now. Michael, I think about that all the time. I think that's one of the best things to come out of this. I think that business partnerships, I read somewhere, have a higher divorce rate than marriages. It's very hard being 50-50 partners on, on something. And I think being on my own now is what needs... that. That was... This is a better, way better situation for me. Well, and here's the beautiful thing about it. And, and Dave Portnoy and, and Barstool would recognize this. Talent is talent. If you're a talented person, it's it's not a network that decides that. It's not, it's the it's the consumer. It's the audience. And yes. the audience is ultimately the one that's in charge. I always tell people this. If you have the talent, you have the chops, the audience will decide who gets to be the success story, right? Like right. there's going to be bumps and, and ups and downs along the way. Nobody can stop talent when it when it's rising. Yep. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the, it's the consumer's decision. Do you think there's a part of your ex co-host that wanted to host the show for a while by herself? Yeah. No question. So like when this all happened, it was like, let's capitalize on, on this on like, just move it out. I think that she, looking back on it, I don't think our friendship was real, even though I felt it was very real. I think I was her ticket to getting fame. I think she realized I was talented and funny and she just kind of used that to get to where she wanted to go. And I I think that in the back of her mind, she was like, if I can keep Sophia on, that's good because people do like her. But if I can't, I'm okay with that too. And also, you know, when you're doing a show and it's two women, people are constantly talking about who's hotter, who's funnier, who's better, who's more talented. And I think that started to get to her. Did you know that there was going to be a time where you would be able to share your story and feel comfortable with what you're doing? I mean, you're you're here, you're decked out in your merch. It's so cute. You have your media company. I think everything you've done too is like, even this is such a small thing, but I love branding. Even your Instagram bio, it's fucking hilarious. It's like all the things that people said about you. Oh my God. It's basically what you did is you took your power back. Yeah. 
Yes. And I've always been self-deprecating. I've always been that. And I I knew what I was up against and I couldn't go out and convince people to think otherwise. It was like own your shit and just roll with it that way. You're asking me if I regret anything about like the friendship. I think I'm just asking if you, when all this was going down, did you know that you were going to have strategy to build a business and do a podcast and a media company and merch? Or did you have the foresight to be like, okay, I'm going to launch my brand? Yeah. You knew. Well, because there's, there's cancel culture and then there's like what you went through, right? Which is like, it was so extreme. And I think mm-hmm. listen, there's the cancel culture where like there's actual criminals and people that need to be held accountable. That's a different thing. Like those people. Uh, yes. a, a different story. yes, yes, yes. And then there's cancel culture in terms of like somebody said something or did something wrong and now the internet's going to attack it. Like that happens. But the scale that you received that at was, I mean, it's, it's rare. It's like, I think there's like Logan Paul has probably gone through it. Mm-hmm. You have gone, like it's, there's a very small group of people right. like yourself that have had that type of level. Massive, yeah, level of attacks on the internet from complete crazy strangers. In right? the world, by the way, because the internet is not that old. In the world. In the world. And, and think about like in your in person, like in your personal life, somebody says something mean to you somewhere and like you go like when you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing it to you constantly in media outlets, writing about it constantly, like that's got to be extremely challenging. I consider myself a pretty tough person, but I don't know what I would do in that situation. It was the... It was extremely, extremely challenging. And I think- It's not like you killed somebody or hurt somebody. See, and that's what I wanted to bring up. You know, you mentioned Logan Paul. He said something extremely insensitive, right? In a YouTube video. I didn't say something insensitive. I didn't use a racial slur. I didn't- You literally just had a falling out. I had a falling out with a friend and I was canceled. And so- it's a very, you know, specific situation. And I think, I, I I don't think I fully recovered from it, to be completely honest with you. This may be a fucked up thing for me to say as a man, but for all of this female empowerment, and especially for a show like Call Her Daddy, which is about female empowerment, they're very, it was very quick to try to tear another female yeah, isn't down. Isn't that interesting, the irony of that? And, and I'm not saying who, like, I'm of not course. taking a side on who's right or wrong in your dispute. Like there's mm-hmm. multiple stories, but I do think it's interesting that a community that's about uplifting and empowering women was so quick to tear down another woman. Yeah, it's it's extremely interesting. And it's extremely interesting how, because I didn't agree with the business element, how people were so quick to say, oh, it was the guy behind the scenes. Sophia couldn't have thought of that herself. Sophia doesn't have any business sense. Which is there so ironic, though, because there was a guy pulling the, you know, there's a guy strings. behind the scenes on the other end, though, too. Right. Well, and no one wanted to point that one out. Isn't that funny? He maybe just overplayed the hand and got over eager and inserted himself in business that he, the, the problem is he inserted himself in business that he wasn't part of. So Do you I mean the boyfriend? The boyfriend. So I can see why he received the flack that he did because he wasn't necessarily part of the overall deal and he wasn't right. like necessarily... They were pretty... I think I disagree with you. I think people were were too mean to him and I don't know anything I'm about not justifying him. The but response. like, I don't I'm think saying, anyone deserves the know, amount of criticism. No, I'm not justifying the, the response. I'm just saying that I can see why he got the reception he got because he inserted himself somewhere where maybe he was like... People were like, "Who? why are you here, right? I disagree just because me and her are A, adults... B, we brought him in. It wasn't like he was like trying to get in our business. Like, come on. He's like an executive at HBO. He makes enough money. He has very big connections. 
He didn't need to get in our business. And C, I would like to ask you, Michael, like, would you give Warren your business advice? You would yeah, be no, you course. would be just as involved. No, no, of course. But here's here's the thing. I think what I'm saying is if you don't like if you don't have the context of, hey, us two business partners brought this person in to represent us. Yeah, the audience, I think what you, Michael's trying to say is the no, audience no, didn't have the no, context. No, what I'm trying to say is maybe the <laughs> audience didn't have the context and maybe the network didn't have the context and all of a sudden there's this guy and like I feel bad for him in a way because if somebody would have said, like, this is the person who's representing us now and this is the deal, but the audience and everyone that's aware, like they're like, who is this person that's just randomly here? So right, I, I, I so you're sympathizing like, with the audience is I'm, what you're saying. No, I'm sympathizing with him and you and the audience, because I uh-huh. don't think any, nobody really had the full story of like how this all came to be. Right. I think the so context fast. was off, which is why I think I was so interested in like, having you on the podcast, because I think that there wasn't a lot context of context. Mm-hmm. You give the context and now someone can understand, okay, that's how he got involved. It wasn't like some guy just came out of nowhere and started right. like taking over, call her daddy. It sounds like no, it was a joint. No, no, everyone no, no, no. wanted him involved. Everyone wanted him involved. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't saying anything crazy. He wasn't like, you know, and then like, I'll take 15%. Like he wasn't, and he wasn't trying. We were being exploited, like bottom line. Like that's just what it is. The way that it was positioned though, to someone from the outside is like, all of a sudden a guy comes out of nowhere, starts mm-hmm. trying to take over this business. And if that's what I'm saying. Like people didn't have that context, which is why I think they got so angry. But if yes. now, that you're, now that they do, they're like, oh, and I imagine you've probably along the way had people that attacked you probably reach out and apologize at this point. I mean, maybe not a lot. Yeah. A lot of people have reached out and been like, holy shit, now it makes more sense. There were a few people that were like, from the very beginning, I knew something was off. However, I I sympathize and I understand why people believed it because even now, if I'm, you know, scrolling daily mail or whatever, I believe kind of what I read, right? Not so much now after that shit happened to me, but I used to be that way. If something is put in the media and like I was being mentioned in the New York Post every day for like a week straight, reading those tabloids, I used to believe it. And so I don't blame them. I really don't, especially because we had built such a close relationship with our listeners. I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about like being so personal and all of the sudden you listen to two women that are best friends, right? And all of a sudden one of them are completely gone. And one of them is saying, look, this is what happened. This person is da, 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 da. I would believe them. I wasn't there to stand up for myself. Do you think that there is a little bit of the same energy that you were getting from your podcast host with the audience with you having a boyfriend. And let me explain. Mm. Single Sophia, fucking a lot of guys, whatever, all this shit that you were talking about. And all of a sudden you get a boyfriend. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it it turns the the dynamic. To the it's like she's not the fun single she's crazy girl. She's not the fun single crazy girl anymore. And this boyfriend's taking her away from the audience. As an observer, I think that that was also an issue that that maybe the audience didn't even know they were feeling. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe. I always thought it wasn't an issue because it's interesting to hear someone be dynamic and grow and like, hey, I was the slut. Excuse me, slew. 
But now I'm in a relationship. Also, I have stories from being younger because I was out of control for days. But Lauren, I think that's a really good point. Maybe that was part of it too. You said the audience felt like your friend. Yeah. And with your friendship with your ex-partner. Yeah. She was upset you got a boyfriend. The mm-hmm. audience was probably... And also, I've, I've noticed too with the media and with audiences is there always has to be a villain. Yes. So yeah. who's going to be the villain out of you four? Exactly. The community, your ex-partner, you, or the boyfriend. Right. The easiest one is the boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. What was his feeling on it? I, I have a lot of empathy for him. Um... Because he didn't ask to sign up for all this. I mean, no. you, you like you were doing the podcast. You kind of knew what you signed up for. He didn't ask for this. And then he's like thrown into the media. Right. I think it was it was really hard. It was really hard for both of us. Yeah, I feel really bad for him. I mean, here's why I, I literally I feel bad yeah. for everyone in the story outside of now. It looks like everything's going to work down. It's going to be successful. And people are going to go their separate ways. But I, I think what happened with Call Her Daddy was such a phenomenon like it, something like that doesn't just happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it did for you, but it, it's so rare. And I think everyone's like, holy shit. Like there's lightning in a bottle. It came out of nowhere. We're all like, everyone knows about us. No, everyone knows the show. Barstool's in there like, holy fuck. We have the biggest show in yeah. the world. You guys are like, holy shit. We have the, big, we're the biggest show in the world. Yeah. The audience is like, what the fuck's going on? And so everyone, it's just going so fast. Nobody actually had time to step back and be like, what are we all doing here? Yeah. Yes. And you're trying to keep up with it. Like maybe you did have those conversations, but you're doing it while this thing is going so fucking fast. Mm -hmm. We are like, okay, well we're we're negotiating now, but the show's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's like, you have no context to be like, how, what, where's this really going to land? Yes. I will say though, me and her had made a business decision to leave eight months prior. And then the famous rooftop meeting, right. That he was talking about. And like, I offered them this and I did this. And within 30 seconds of him offering whatever the fuck it was, which was nothing different than anything he had offered eight months before that, she switched and was like, we're staying here. We're not leaving. That's it, it's we were prepared. We knew where we were taking the show. We knew what we were going to do. There was a lot of planning And when people are like, oh my God, Sophia's boyfriend, like did all of this behind the scenes. Alex and I are big girls. We're big girls. We like, we have to look at the numbers. We have to sign the deals. She would talk to managers and agents. I would as well. And it was planned for a really long time that we were going to leave. So that's, that's the part that's really weird to me is how one conversation with Dave, everything Change when when did you realize oh the podcast is over through her YouTube video or before that like when were her you like, YouTube video that was it when you watched that were you just like I remember standing in the kitchen with my mom and I remember watching it and you you can't imagine the anxiety like you cannot imagine it's as if you know your best friend that knows every single thing about you and they're acting like so treacherous. And now all of a sudden they're making a YouTube video. I was like, this is not my friend. And I don't know what she's going to say. We all have like skeletons in the closet. So the anxiety was insane. And I just remember watching it. And I just remember, 
I don't know how to explain the feeling. I just remember thinking like, what an evil, evil cunt. That's it. Did you immediately want to text message her or call her? No. Or you just done? I had, you know what? I texted her once and I said, let's discuss. I think it was a week later. I texted her a second time and I said, I just, not even about you and I, what about our listeners? Because the show won't be the same. It just won't. So I think we should have a final conversation. She didn't respond. And if you don't respond to someone that you, you know, claimed was your best friend and like family, then it's done. It's over. I'm not going to text a third time. The anxiety that you must have went through, I I don't think I have seen anything like it in no. my whole career. And I tr- I really mean this. Like before the internet, there was no way to, for all these people to get to you. What what were some tools that you did to battle the anxiety? Like, are you <laughs> drinking a bottle of wine? Are you going on a walk? Are you like doing breath work? Like the anxiety is so much pressure. Right. What, what was the outlet? Oh my god. I think it was numbness, numbing. And I don't necessarily think that's healthy. And it wasn't even through alcohol or anything like that. It was a, my whole system would just shut down and turn off. And it was like, I couldn't have a feeling because it was like that traumatic. What, how were the people around you helping you? Like, what did your mom do? Your boyfriend? I mean, my mom's doing her best and being like, we're going to do this. And like, think about it this way and like, don't worry. And she was really good. My then boyfriend. Because he was experiencing right. the anxiety and the pressure. Do you, do you right. think like, I mean, you guys aren't together anymore. I don't, and we don't have to get why, but mm-hmm. do you think that like this put such a strain, like it was almost like you guys both went such a, through such a traumatic thing together that it almost like being together brings all that up. No, no. And no comment on who I'm dating. Someone different though. Huh? She shrugged. She shrugged. Who knows? What does it rhyme with? <laughs> is it someone Dave Portnoy? <laughs> someone who's Listen, famous. Surprise! That, that We're be, fucking. That, that would be a twist of events. <laughs> let me let me switch it up to get off this subject because I feel like you've explained it. Like I I feel like you've explained it really eloquently. Who is the most famous guy you fucked, or what does it rhyme with? Are you talking about the most famous guy I fucked? Yeah. in my life. Yeah. I can't say. I really couldn't. What does it rhyme with? Okay, since you do host a podcast that has so much about sex, I want to take a, like a left turn and talk more yes. about sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, we just like took you down a whole thing. But- no, I wanted to. I, wanted, I thought. I think it's important for you to be able to tell your story and your version and give context because. Because well, people can still hate you now if they want, they but at do. least but they have the context now, right? Of course. From, so there's two perspectives, but and I think like, a hate listener. I'm a loyal listener. Right. Thank you. I mean, I had to be silent for four months, so it feels good to be able to talk about it now. I, I've noticed something that's like very common, which is people like to build people up to tear them down. Oh. And a good example of this is, do you know something Navy? No. She went through a huge controversy with COVID. Like, was really, really bad. Okay. And she, everyone thought she was, like, the best blogger ever. Like, she had this huge following. People were obsessed with her. And then this scandal happened. And people just ripped her. And okay. I've, and I've watched the same thing happen with the morning toast. Like, people build these people up. They build them as high as they can build them in the sky. And then they rip them down. 
Yeah. It's like, don't get, you can get famous, but don't get too famous. Interesting. I I do. Thank you so much. I do think people, they kind of love canceling other people. They love it. It's not, I don't think it's, sometimes it's genuine and someone deserves it. But I think a lot of wanting to cancel someone comes from a not good place. No, You're it not comes from a place where people, most of those people, and these are the hate people, have never been in a position of power or authority. And all of a sudden they band together with other people like that and they figure, oh, now we've got a little bit of power and control and we yes. can blame somebody else and we can do it together. Yes. Right? And so it's like you get the most miserable people in the world together. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. Listen, I, I say this all the time. People hate me for it. You yeah. get the most miserable, angry people that have never had any power or control probably right. in their own life either. And you put them together and you give them, you give them a sense of what they think is power and control, even though it's not, because you can't really can't. I mean, you're still here. You're on a podcast. You're talking. You're a person. Right. And they have this moment where like, yeah, we did it. We tore someone. Down. And it's just like broken people doing yeah. this to try to break other people to be more like them. I think Instagram I should have better guidelines for what you went through. I completely agree. I think Instagram is really, really bad with that. The amount of accounts made about me or the boyfriend, they're they're like still up on Instagram, even though like I had me and all of my friends report it. So I don't know. Have you guys ever been canceled for anything? I'm sure they I've had two, we, I've had a couple things where people. <laughs> I had a Facebook group. It's where, an illusion, mm. no, but, but it's an illusion. Like, but some, no, I don't. I just want to say that I've never experienced anything like you have. Mm-hmm. But you know what's so funny? And Michael said this earlier. You're not canceled. You're still it, here. You saying, have it's right. an illusion. People you get together. They say you're canceled. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean I'm canceled? You can't stop me from talking on the mic That's every so day. St- you can't stop me from sharing. You can stop listening. You can scream. You could go yell at advertisers, but I'm not, I, it's not going to change anything that we're doing. Like I'm still yeah. here. Ha ha. Still here. Too bad. <laughs> like, like, you can't, like I'm, unca- when I'm saying uncancelable, I'm like, it's a fake illusion. You can't, can't like people can, it's the internet. You can post whatever you want. It's true. I mean, people have done like fucking horrifying shit and they're still not canceled. So yeah, it is. It's an illusion. It's the thing about, if, like we talked about Howard Stern earlier on your show. Yeah. And they, and if you watch that movie, Private Parts, it's actually a really great book. I am so obsessed with that so, movie. So you know, like when they're going through the ratings and he's like, well, what's happening to the people that like him? Like, well, the, the, the ratings are going up. Like, well, what about the people that fucking hate him? He's like, those are through the roof. Like the people <laughs> yeah. that hate you the most actually end up giving you the most, in this case, traffic, listens, views, yes. because they can't turn the fuck away. Yes. Right? Like it's almost like the hate, the people that do hate you, do, do you more. feel like it's amazing that you've come out with all this merch and your podcast and your network and like you're just crushing life and using all the different things that people held against you to like propel this career? Like that must feel good. <laughs> I am laughing because like, yeah, it should fucking feel good. And I have moments where it feels good. But again, I think I'm not fully out of what happened. And I I have moments where I'm still upset and feel a little bit down. But it's it's really commendable what I've done. Yes. That goes back to me being like an artist or the talent or whatever. Like so self-critical, just like the most. I think you need your Instagram bio on a shirt. I have it on merch. 
Oh my God, you do? <laughs> I'm going to go buy that. Yes. The, we you should have brought have, her that one. You already... You, I'm going to send you it. You have the bio. I think that bio is genius. The basic, greedy, lazy, submissive shit. Oh, that was That's the, what her bio is. That was the first fucking item to come out. That's amazing. I'm going to send you one. You're going to you wear used, it. You used what everyone said and you put it on merch. Yes. I mean, it's kind of genius. Yes. Okay, I need to ask about sex tips because so many people are asking this. This okay. is the main question. So now you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. How do you keep it spicy? Like a youthful spicy. I rarely give him sex. So when I do, it's like <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> That's a good tip, actually. Don't don't get any ideas, Lauren. Deprive, deprive, deprive. Right? And then just like pop puss. No, listen, um, you're in the beginning phases. You, you can play those games. You can't, you can't no, hold sex in a 13-year-old marriage. You can't do that. <sighs> that ain't gonna work. Um, we need tips. We need all the tips. So you know what? I have been so fucking busy that I really am not fucking as much as I should. I am definitely not sucking dick. There's no should, but I cannot remember the last time like I gave a blowjob. Why? I love a blowjob. You like doing it? Yeah. God Even when her. you're tired? My stepmom gave me the best piece of you advice. Why we've been together so I long. know. She I'm goes, like, wow. I used to bartend until one in the morning and I would come home so tired. And then if he wanted to have sex, I'd be like, fuck, I'm so like I'm drained from making drinks and talking to people and all the shit. And I go, I complained to her and I thought she was going to be like, oh yeah, like you don't need to do it if you don't want to. And she goes, Lauren, you fucking rally. And I have never, since she told me that, that I have never turned my husband down for anything. Ever? Never. Let me give you that. I rally. If he wants to have sex, I rally and have sex. This is maybe going to be sexist, um, but let me say this. Do it. Say it. Okay, so you get the response like, oh, I'm tired. I don't like giving blowjobs. But if a girl says that too, like uh-huh. that happens in, in relationships. But what if at the reverse of the guy, like say like something was bothering my wife and she's like, you know, I really got to go my place. I'm like, you know what? I really don't like having conversation with you about feelings. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't like doing that. You're comparing your blowjob to I'm feelings. Saying is, if, like, what I'm saying is that, that would be a deal breaker, right? If I was like, I don't like talking about feelings, like too bad. It's the same thing when a girl's like, I don't like giving blowjobs. Like, well, there's a give and take in every relationship. It's not, it has, it doesn't, I would think you like giving blowjobs for how much you talk about sex. You know, I was about to bring that up. So I'm kind of seen as like this sex, like goddess or expert or whatever the fuck. I think it's okay for people to go through phases where I'm not like sucking the dick every single night. Now that you just said that rally thing though, like I'm t- thinking about it differently. I also <laughs> though, there's something that, and Lauren, you might disagree with me is for women. They tend to have a lower sex drive than men, right? I think that you absolutely do need to rally. But I also think that there's something very important to having sex when you want to. I have noticed when I'm not, I've dated guys that are such horn dogs. I mean, they all are, right? I was dating a guy that he wanted to have sex two times a day. And that's what we were doing. And finally, I was like, I am not doing this shit anymore. Like, I'm going to fuck you when I want to. Way more frequent orgasms way more excited to like jump in bed with him. Sometimes it like, if you're trying to force yourself to fuck consistently, sometimes it can like start to feel like a chore. Well, it sounds like maybe there's a mismatch. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I would never want my wife to feel forced. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't, like if I, you can, like if I came home and I could just tell like, she's not in it, I'm like, I, like that's not going to turn me on. Right. Like, oh, that feels a little weird, right? No, but, you're the type that wants like me involved. Yeah. I mean, you don't I, want- I never <laughs> want to feel like, I mean, I don't like personally for me, I don't think it's a turn on to, 
hook up with someone who's not into hooking up with you. Right. Of course. Yeah. So yes. like, if you're like, oh, like that's not fun. Like it just feels. Yes. 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 I yes, was listening course. to you on Heather McDonald and I kept thinking, is it a lot of pressure to date guys after having this show on sex? Because they probably are going to expect you to be on steroids. No, for me. No, no. I think because I'm dating men who are emotionally developed and are smart enough to understand that I can talk about sex and not necessarily be like the best in bed or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. What's something that you've learned on the podcast, either one, Mm -hmm. that blew your mind about sex where you were like, oh, that's such a good tip? Oh, my God. That's a really good question. (laughs) Something I've learned is in like a technique I have or just like some wild ass shit. Either. That men, there are actually a good amount of men that like sounding. What's that? Which is sticking a thin, small thing in their wiener hole. Hold on. Wait, no, I talked about it and I had so many fucking emails and DMs about it. It Sounds so fucking painful. There, it's called sounding. And there was like a nurse that wrote in and was like, I found like a needle and like a guy's dick, but men like literally sticking shit in the wiener hole. Am Do I, you want me Michael, to stick tell my us the black truth. head popper? It's I long hear, and skinny. Yeah. Maybe the straw. Yeah, can I stick? I hear stories like this and I'm like, am I like the most boring dude on the planet? How I, come I can't stick something up your penis hole tonight? Fuck. <laughs> no, listen, we, we've made it this far. We've made it this far without that. I think we'll, we're just going to cut that so one out. So you take something and you stick it down the penis hole. Yeah. If there's someone listening right now that likes sounding, I want to have you on the podcast and I'm not judgmental right? about it. I, I just want to know. Want to have you on the <laughs> I want to learn all about it. Like, is the penis erect? Is it limp? What's happening? Uh, Lauren, I want you to try it on Michael. I uh, will. Please. That's absolutely not happening. Um, <laughs> um, my friend was telling me all about roping. <laughs> roping or groping? Roping. What the fuck is that? So... My friend was like, we were at the bar and he was telling me about milking, how you milk the prostate yes, and they come from the yes. ass. And then he, I'm like, well, what else do you do? And he's like, well, <laughs> he's like, one time I got roped and I'm like, what's that? And he said that you tie together like baby towels, like little towels, and then you stick it up the ass and then you pull it out like a lawnmower, like anal beads. And apparently it's like really hot. I feel like that could really fuck someone up. Can Wait, I rope you? Why the uh, fuck would that be hot? Why would sticking a needle rope? up your dick be hot? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's, there's, I think there's like sex and then there's stuff like that. And that, I don't, I guess it falls in the cat. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. We don't kink I don't, shame. I don't kink shame. Uh-huh. But to me, that seems like, that's, that seems like a lot of work. What about, I also, my acupuncturist was telling me that he used to work in the ER and there's gerbils up the ass all the time. I haven't heard. I mean, I've heard of it. Do you guys like anal? Have you ever talked about that? Or is I, that on the DL? No, I have tried anal with Michael. Uh-huh. I do not like it. It's fucking hard to do. And I'll tell you why. I just feel like, I think I don't shame it at all. I Tons of my friends love it. Like, mm-hmm. do you? For me, I feel like that hole, and I don't know if you guys feel Maybe. like that, it's supposed to come out, not in. Like, there's right. something like, this is like intuitively that for me, it just, 
we it talked about on something your, going in there just doesn't yeah. feel right. But here's the thing. We talked yes. about on your show, like what makes a relationship work? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my thing either. Like, yes, we've tried it. And it's, yeah. it's, not, and it's like one of the things that like, you check it off the list. So that's like, a really good point. But like, if, but I know there's a lot of people that are into it. And like, if you're into it, you should be with somebody else who's into it. And if you're not exactly. and you're like deprived in the bedroom, then that, like we talk about this all the time on the show. Like if you're deprived in any area of your relationship, mm-hmm. you're not getting like either emotionally fulfilled, physically fulfilled, like all that. Are you an anal lover? Yeah. Then then, then it's not going to work, right? So you can't be with someone who's... Has anyone ever said that? You know, you have to be with yes. someone who's into it. I'm trying to answer Michael. I'm trying to ignore the argument. Don't like, anal pop lover. the boner over this conversation. I'm not an anal lover. I've done it before. I'm open to doing doing it again, but it's not like a go-to. I feel like means. you have to use a vibrator when you do it or it's too gnarly. On your clit? Yeah. Yeah. To me, not necessarily, but it's not fucking easy. Let's just say that. And Michael, I agree with you. I think two people need to be very compatible. However, I will say there might be stuff I'm not into that I'm willing to try. Sure. Give me an example. Pegging. Oh, okay. I've done that once. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I have a hundred questions about this. Okay. No, we, Why we can't should, I peg you? We're not too- Well, just once. I just want to see what it's like. Listen, Michael. It, it's just not my thing. You said no to two things now. Like, yeah, you're kind I of- I said no to pegging, roping, <laughs> and getting be, a needle up my dick Don't hole. be- <laughs> don't The be fourth gonna, one you have to say yes to. I just want to peg you give, to say I pegged you. Give me an easy one. You're like, can we put a needle up there? No. Can we peg you? No. Can you put baby towels up my ass and rip them out like a lawnmower? Are you fucking kidding me? How did you go about like getting the pegger and did did the person who was pegged ask to be pegged or did you just pull the pegger out? Pegging is not nearly as extreme as the three things I just said before this. <laughs> okay, so the pegging started as a joke. We were having like kinky sex. Threesome, okay? Okay. Um, we were having kinky sex and me and the girl were like, oh my God, like let's peg him. Like let's do it like with a dildo. And then we were like really fucked up. We went to like a sex shop and got like a strap on and the it wasn't a I fucking don't remember it was like a dare or a joke but I was gonna like peg him for like two seconds he didn't like genuinely want it I just need to say like putting a strap on and fucking a guy in the butt was the weirdest feeling like ever I think I have a very feminine energy and I tend to be more the submissive role in bed <laughs> me like humping and like having a dick was so it. weird <laughs> a what you should have Instagram story day I know <laughs> I should have um okay so I need to go buy is it called a pegger or is it called a strap-on a strap-on okay but and I need it's to called fucking you. divorce papers <laughs> It would be just funny for me. Like I get off on stuff. Michael, you like said that. things. You said no to four things now. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like I've been given the four hardest things. Oh, no, wait, five. Because you said no to a threesome you on want, my no, episode. No, so no, few no. enough go See, listen. Because I've partaken in threesomes before. I said no to a threesome with Lauren because I think she's too crazy to, be, to keep to keep. No, I'm not. Not if the person was random. Listen, there's no fucking <laughs> way, Lauren. You, you, you said that. No, no, no. There's no way. <laughs> No, I really don't think so. If it was a random person. All right. Um, okay, here come the DMs. Now the DMs are really messed Oh, start. shit. Yeah. No, yeah. but I don't. What you do have I, to go through Lauren, anyone listening. Yeah, you do. I mean, if Megan Fox wants to have a threesome, like I'm available. No shit. If <laughs> Megan Fox wants me to cheat <laughs> on my boyfriend, I'm available. The girl that, that, the girl that Megan Fox, okay. The girl that Machine Gun Kelly was dating 
while he met Megan Fox just came out and said, I don't blame him for cheating on me with Megan Fox. I would cheat on me with Megan Fox. Wait, I fucking love that. And it's true. There's it's some true. people that it's like, listen, if, if Brad Pitt comes along and you get a shot, and I'm like, fuck, like, I, I don't I can't know blame if Brad you. Pitt has like a girthy penis. Brad Pitt. Like, I bet that he's hung like be a it. fucking horse. He, he's either hung like, hung really? like a horse. I bet. Uh, I don't know. What about George Clooney? Do you think he is? I feel like it's a thick one. I do too. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> sprinkled with a little like like salt and pepper. <laughs> Sophia, to be honest with you, it's something I haven't put a lot of thought into. Is George Clooney's day? I'll, I'll think about it tonight. Oh, okay, let me know. Yeah, let me know. I'll, 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 I'll let you know later. Okay. okay, what's the trick to a threesome? Like, what you have seen? Like, you have a lot of experience. What's the tips and tricks? Number one, not being that your significant other ever seats you in the back and the oh, threesome person in the front seat. Guys. Yeah, that we talked about that on my podcast. So tips and tricks. I would say do it with a random, number one. Number two, and this is going to sound fucked up. I think that try it with, try it in a relationship that you're either A, not that serious about, or B, You've been with each other for so long and there's just so much unwavering trust. So it's like um, you again, you wake up, it's you again. Like, yes, <laughs> like that type of shit. Here like I am again. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Fuck. So it's like a Jeffrey. Do you guys remember that from Get Him to the Greek? No. Have you seen that? No. Then never mind. Is that the one with... Michael, we're too old. No, it's so whatever. With Russell, with Russell Brand, right? With who? With Russell Brand? Is that yes. Yes. I mean, I'm plugged in, Lauren. Yeah. I think if it's like a new relationship, like the guy I'm with now, I, I've i been into threesomes. I don't want to do one with him. What, does he want to do one? No. He said, I don't want to do one. He was like, it's just not that interesting to me. Some guys say that. Yeah. That's, the thing, that's what happens. I think it's just, it's not like, I think once you, okay, any sexual act, Unless it becomes your main thing that mm-hmm. you do, like once, because if you've never done something, like never had a threesome, it's extremely interesting. Like my right. wife hasn't had a threesome. Yes. Like, if you've never done anal, it's ext- it's interesting. Anything that's foreign that you've been doing, like I got to try that. But once yeah. you like, once you do something, like okay, like it's it's not as alluring as it was. It's high pressure for the guy too. Oh, big time. That's not talked about enough. Uh yeah, I've actually talked about this a little bit before, not really like. You have to go in there and make sure that you are pleasuring two fucking women at the same time and you're not giving one more attention and like, you know, the whole thing. Have you ever been in a threesome where the guy is giving the other girl more attention? And what do you do? I haven't. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't. You know, what's funny is me and my best friend, we hooked up with this guy and he was giving me more attention than her. And she didn't even like end up fucking him at the end of the night. And we always joke because he gave me chlamydia and she didn't get it because he was like, wait, is the best friend that you're talking about the ex podcast host? No. Oh my God. No, that was never hookup. I know there's like certain friends you can like do kinky shit with. And then certain friends like you can't, don't you feel that? Yeah. I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like remember in seventh grade? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That Boy, one friend. Yeah, <laughs> no, there are. There's certain. There there's, are certain friends. I know what yeah. you're saying. Also, there's certain friends that like you just don't want to go there with. Yeah, maybe they don't have sexual energy. I don't know. Yep, you I know? totally agree with that. Yes. Okay. I've got one really fucking crazy wife. I don't need any more crazies. <laughs> I don't need any other things. Right? You don't like things you can't like. Control. No, I don't like. 
I don't like more, like I already have, like you're, if there's right. a, if, if, if like, if there's a crazy limit at 10, she's a 10 and a half. Right. right? So like, I don't you know, have your hands full. Even if I got someone that was chill, that's like putting my meter to like 15. Right? Yeah, it's that's true. And then you have to like deal with them afterwards. That's probably awkward to wake up the next morning and like roll over. And it's like, you know what? That's another thing actually is one time I woke up from a threesome and they were snuggling and I was like on the side. It was my boyfriend. What did and you I was do? Like, I don't even remember. Are you, are you I was hurt? like, I was like, came in with pots and pans. I'm like, wait the fuck up. But see, this is what's fucked up is I like, say you're the man in that situation and the girl that's the guest is right. like trying to cuddle. Would you be like, get the fuck off me. It's over. We're done fucking. Like now I gotta go. I know. Like, like, what are you supposed to do? Like you can't be like, listen, I can't cuddle you. I gotta cuddle here. You go over there. You lane. put the pillow in between. You walk come out on. Don't come back again. Let me give a tip for you know? guys. If you're doing a threesome, don't cuddle. <laughs> you can't cuddle. No, the tip, is the, too tip, intimate. the tip is the girl can't sleep in the same bed. She has want, to go sleep in another bed. I don't want I a agree. set of fucking 80 rules when I go have set. You know, <laughs> what do you mean? You have to have rules. But this you is have to have rules. But this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Everyone has to be on the same page of the rules. And I don't think it can happen with three or four. We've had people on the show that are like, do like, um, you know, like we had this one couple and it's like, they dated other people and fucked other people, but then came together and like, it was like this whole crazy thing. Uh-huh. Long story short, it didn't fucking work out. It was a whole shit show right? because there's too many people get too many emotions, right? Yeah. Is yeah. the guy you're dating now the one? TBD. I don't know. But you like him a lot. Yes. And can you still be friends with Suitman? Yes. You can still be friends. Best friends. Really? Uh-huh. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of girls can say that. I feel about their ex. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you're having a happy ending. Yeah. I feel that for you. I yeah. think you're going to have a really happy ending. Thank you so much. And you're the dark horse and people better watch out. Yes. The dark horse. That's put what it on it, merch. Yeah. I have a really good feeling about my future and I am so happy that you guys invited me to come on because, you know, for a while there, I was not the dark horse. I was the black sheep where there were certain people that like didn't want to bring me on their shows and stuff like that, you know? So not so much anymore that I like made a comeback and stuff. But yeah, for a minute there, it was like, we don't want to like fuck with, we don't want to fuck. It wasn't so much. We don't want to fuck with Sophia. It was, we don't want to fuck with that fucking media conglomerate and that psycho boss, you know, and like go up against them. I think that it's important to hear your side of the story. And I think that you should remember the people that have stayed there. I know. Remember the people that have said, no, you can't come on. Oh, trust me. I remember them. There was a huge, huge brand deal and they were scared of what my old boss, Dave would have done. And they tried to work with me later on. And I said, no, I don't think he's that unreasonable though. I can, like I said, I think everyone just ended up in this crazy situation. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, it's just business. I think I'm like, going to ask you this one question though. If someone was making $14 million and I was getting paid 400,000, you wouldn't be having it. You no, wouldn't. but I could understand. But listen, I come from the world of like, I understand how IP and contracts and the, like, so let me give you an example. I'll take like, let's take all of us out of this. Netflix goes and buys the rights to Stranger Things and puts it out there. They think, hey, I hope this is going to be a big thing. But if like, it's not, it's not, whatever. Like nobody anticipates what happens. Like, sometimes these things just blow but the let, fuck up. But let me tell you something. The second that Stranger Things 
becomes a hit, all the actors, sure, the ante gets course, up. Everyone exactly. You have to be able to evolve. No, no, I get that. With, I, with right. where with where the consumer attention is, and if I do think though, in this case, like like you said, and not to go back to it. No, it's fine. You guys were both, but at the, it, it sounded like at the end, like you two were. Irrec- like you could not reconcile your differences, you and you and your co-host. So like, well, I mean, I tried, right? Sure, but, but I'm saying like the thing, like it's not like we you weren't buying the same show again because like you guys were broken. Yeah, true. I think you know, Michael. I hear you on that, and I I understand. I'm not defending anyone. I'm just saying, like, yes, I can understand. I think that we paid our dues by working for over a year, and then you know, pocketing thirteen million dollars. They were offering us. 500,000 for the next year, which is like absolutely insane. We were making 2.5% off of merchandise. I can tell you now I'm making over 70% on merchandise. Like it was, you need merchandise that says 70%. Yeah. If right? No, I almost need I almost called Sloop Media 2.5% media. But I always tell people with like Dear Media for I always tell people like are you at the stage where you need a network or not? And some people don't You're not anymore. You're not. We're the, not anymore. Sure. The, the, it, exactly. The smart thing was to go and do a show and just call it something else and people can disagree with me all they want. I think that was the move, but I know moving forward with Sloop Media, I am going to pay talent fairly. I am. You should do a campaign or something on that or a campaign with online bullying because you truly have gone through the fucking ringer and like maybe there's other creators that you can like help through this. Yeah. Because it is something that's not talked about and people almost think because you have the following that you deserve what comes with it. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that it can be really damaging. Like someone, someone told me online and I'm sure you've heard like horrible things like this. Your, I hope your baby dies. Like, oh my how God. How is that okay to say on it's, the internet? Send me there. Send me their handle and their insane. address. I'm going, no, wait. I'm driving over. Tell me because I'm about to like post on my story. You, and be like, you can't, you can't, you no. shouldn't be able to get away with that. No. It's just not okay. So you just have to think about like the person that's taking the time to write that stuff. No, it's a, I, that's what I always think about. I'm like, there's, I have never felt the need to write something horrendous to someone. Like there's obviously something wrong. With there this is a huge, like, so what I, I think this is may, maybe over generous, but I think 80% of people are normal and like that. They don't need a ton. The, the problem is this other like 15, 20, 10% are just the most vocal. Right. They're the loudest. Right. But it's, but they are a minority. And I always point that out to people like the angriest, yes. people, they are the minority still. They're just much louder than the normal people because normal people are fucking busy with their own shit and they're normal exactly. people. They have time to get in fights with strangers I on the internet. I have never in my entire life gone to someone's page and wrote anything negative. Me neither. I would not even me neither cross my ether. I'm my energy capacity does. It doesn't even, even if someone pissed me off and said something, I can't even believe it. You know who you should talk to? Who? Stassi Schroeder. Ooh, I was a big fan of her from Vanderpump rules. She went, she doesn't have a podcast anymore, right? She does. She got her podcast back on Patron. Patreon. Mm. Patron. Patron. Someone <laughs> is ready for a margarita. Oh my God. Um, But she got the same amount of hate 
through what yeah. she went through. And she, she did the same thing you did. She backed off, but you guys, I feel like would have so much to talk about. Right. And then I'm kind of scared of like the backlash of people being like, why would you have her on? But after talking to you, Lauren, like I'm done, like thinking that way, people, everyone has fucked up shit in their past. Everyone has had controversy. Just because you have someone on doesn't mean you agree with them. Right. I have a hundred, I say this a lot. I have a hundred friends and none of them have the same opinions as me. Right. We all have different political, religious, whatever it is. I don't want to be friends with someone that thinks the same way as me. That's fucking boring. Yeah. So I'm not going to have a show and have on someone that I agree with every fucking thing they're saying. Totally. So you can have someone on that has a past and have a conversation in a way where you're, you're not judging them and just hear what they have to say. Yep. Yes. Yes. Amen. Like I'm not going to get canceled for having a guest on. I don't, I don't control what comes out of the guest's mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, listen, we've and I tell we, this. We've done this like three hundred and fifty of these things. You're mm-hmm. gonna have some people that are controversial. Like, I couldn't sit here and just keep having the same. Yes, I agree. Yes, I, of like you have course. to. Have, like, it's boring as shit, right? Right. Wanna and have, we're all three of us are gonna end up saying something that is not gonna go over well in some capacity. It's like we're fucking human. No, you can't please everyone. It's the I people think- that are constantly apologizing for saying things. Like, dude, we're human. I'm not gonna apologize. I fuck up sometimes. Yeah. My my apologies. I fuck up sometimes. Sorry that you have to go through it. You can turn, turn, turn me off. I don't know. But I love it's, but that. But I'm not going to stop. It's whatever. Right. Um, thank you for inspiring me to buy a peg or what's it called? A strap on. <laughs> Which color should I use? No, we're Sipping sounding. Out. You're sounding, promise Michael, me, tonight. Promise me one thing in this great relationship you're in now. Don't shove a needle up this guy's dick hole. Just don't do it. Why? Michael, why? Unless he's really- A number two pencil, wow. perhaps? I think, I think it's, things are going well, sounds like. Let's just Let's keep it smooth. <laughs> Okay, you know what? Fine, I won't. Okay, that's all. I, I won't do that. Again. Sounding, pegging, and roping—it's on yeah. my itinerary. And bitch. also, you guys aren't allowed to talk about anything we, together. I don't need her get, getting any ideas. No, I'm going to listen to her podcast and get all the tips. All of them. Yes. Thank you guys for having me on. Pimp yourself out. Tell us every little detail of what you're working on. So my new show is called Sophia with an F. You can find me on all social media. Sophia with an F. Franklin with a Y. Um, I post a bunch of bullshit and ridiculous things and that's basically it. Perfect. And if there's a candidate for a threesome, you're not taking applications, right? I'm always taking applications. Okay. So definitely DM me. And just drop in. Boy or girl. Oh, boy or girl. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is the boyfriend going to love that? (laughs) I have no idea. I'm probably going to be single after you It's hard to like sound two people at once too. Like (laughs) I'm not ambidextrous. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for going on. You guys go listen to our episode where we talk more about threesomes. We talk about trauma. What else do we talk about? We talked about everything. We talk about drugs. drugs. I, talking to you. I know. Yeah. yeah. Very easy to podcast with. Come back anytime you want. Thank you. I will be wearing the greedy, what, what say it? Uh, yes. The merch. Basic, greedy, lazy, submissive, and unable to think for myself. I don't, that, I think that, you need to make one of the opposites of all those because I know, right? Yeah, I do. The trajectory you're on. Yeah. I feel like the tables have turned. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. Oh my God, you guys. Just wait. I am going to give away my product to one of you. All you have to do is follow at the skinny confidential and tell me on my latest Instagram what your favorite part of this episode was. Super easy. And I'm going to slide into one of your inboxes and send you the new Skinny Confidential product. I think you're going to fall in love because I'm telling you, it makes you snatched, contoured, lifted, and toned. 
And with that, we'll see you next time.